Welcome to the Eli Bard Podcast, episode number five. We know we're coming in a couple days late, but we wanted to get this episode out before one of the most anticipated games so far this season, the the matchup between the Lakers and the Bucks, one that we've had marked on our calendar for a long time. Now, hopefully at your house or your office, you have a printed calendar that you have marked some of the best and uh, most exciting NBA games on that you just can't wait to see this season. And I hope that you haven't marked anything else on that calendar. I, I don't want any doctor's appointments or um, any important meetings, uh, maybe a couple album release dates. But, you know, that's kind of where we draw the line. We're looking for people who really look forward to a great NBA game. And uh, we, we think that that's our listeners. If that's you, your family, you are our cousins. And uh, we're, we're really, really glad to have you as part of our family Unlike some of the family you might see next week that you're not glad to uh, to claim. I'm sure you're still glad to have, but not glad to claim. Anyway, we claim this is episode five, and so it is. So please enjoy. Welcome to the podcast. Here it is. Welcome to the pod, right? Yeah, welcome to the pod. Day late in a dolly shore, but here we are. So if you're just tuning in, which I assume you are... <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're we're a little late. Our uh, our spiritual director and uh, guide may have, you know, injured himself snowboarding. So rumor has it because he never technically called off. He just he just quit coming around. And I heard it was just like depression and injury. Uh, so he's probably at home playing Crash Bandicoot, just thinking mm-hmm. about Florida and, and the warm places. And uh, we're we're at the. Uh, what, what do we call this place, Dizza? What this is this? is a, you know, I kind of think of this as my minimalist uh, studio, you know, all white walls, kind of uh, inspired by that Rick Rubin house out in Malibu. Um, so this are is you, uh, Rick Rubin's Springfield Temple. Rick Rubin, if you're ever in town and you want to... Are wanna, you talking about like Rick Rubin's studio? Like, No, no, his house oh. in Malibu, like near his studio where the old Johnny Cashmobile... So, uh, Rick Rubin, you ever coming through Springfield in the 217, uh, feel free to stop by. I'll let you use my house anytime you want. Um, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever you want, Rick Rubin. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, shout out to Rick Rubin. Shout out to Rick Rubin, uh, for real. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're a couple days late, but we've come in just in time because we knew that, that if we recorded last week, one of the things we, we really want to talk about was how... The Lakers and the Bucks are going to face each other on um, in, on Thursday night this week on TNT. Shout out to TNT. Shout out to TNT for real. And uh, that they were going to come in with the best record in the East and the best record in the West, both having three losses, and that somebody was going home with four losses. And, you know, it is a possible finals matchup. It's, uh, it's the so finals, it's matchup finals matchup that I believe in. Um and then stunning the world, the uh, Luka Doncic free Mavericks yep. Uh, yep. came out and beat Giannis and the Bucks yep. and made them have four losses already. I thought, well, that really spoils the matchup on Thursday. We but then here watched, we are. Just watched the AD less Lakers, uh, you know, get get one stolen by the Pacers. You know, it was a pretty close game. Came down to the end. Uh, you know, the Pacers are are a really solid team. So. Not too surprised, you know, they you 
have an opportunity that uh, one of the stars on the team is out, you got to take advantage of that. And uh, this is what the Pacers have been doing all year, the back, the past couple of years. You know, they take advantage of their situations, play the hand that they're dealt, and they're, they're a solid team because of it. I'm excited for Oladipo to come back. So we go into, we go into Thursday night with – Two teams with four losses, and somebody's leaving with five. So somebody's going to be halfway to to ten losses coming out of Thursday night. Uh, you have to think that the Lakers strategically uh, rested AD because they didn't want to not put all their pieces on mm-hmm. the on the board mm-hmm. on Thursday. Uh, I, I think LeBron and the Lakers are looking to clean up the Bucks. I think they're looking to silence that talk. Um, the Bucks, when they played the Clippers, really silenced the Clippers to like yeah. the tune of like what should have could have been fifty points if they didn't rest some guys. I mean, they really blew them out. Mm-hmm. So obviously, the Bucks have a lot of tools. Um, Eric Eric Bledsoe's injured. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a huge game. Uh, Lakers go in with pretty much everybody healthy except for Kuzma, who's maybe never been healthy. And um, you know, it's it's gonna be a good series. What do you think? Who do you think has the best bench out of those two teams? Who do you feel like has the deepest bench, and and how big of a difference do you think it makes, Dalton? Yeah, that that's a that's a tough one because I man, haven't ever watched the Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> on on the pass. Yeah, I, I only watch Giannis highlights. What do we um, even know about Midwestern basketball? Oh Just God. Portland baristas. Yeah, exactly. What the heck, man? It's almost like they're only four hours away, and uh, you know, it's a quick quick drive up there. Um, honestly, I I love both the benches for pretty much the same reason. Where, uh, you know, you have good guys coming off the bench, but they just they play solid as a team. I think there's good coaching on both sides, so it doesn't matter who's coming off the off the bench for either one. Um, coming into the season, I wasn't too hyped up on the Lakers bench, but I think that they've really showed us that everybody's going to come together. Uh, but you know, coming out of Thursday night, I'm going with the the Bucks on this one. I think. Uh, this particular matchup um, is going to be a tough one for uh, the Lakers. You know, AD is going to come back in the lineup presumably uh, after one game out um, tonight against the Pacers, and I think Giannis is just having an insane season. I think LeBron is having his best season. AD's having does, one of his best seasons. Does AD hold Giannis to thirty or less, or does Giannis get thirty or more? I, yeah, I'm, I'm no guessing Giannis has probably a thirty-five, thirty-six game. So, yeah, so I've we'll got see. I've got Giannis at twenty eight uh, points. I, I think Giannis uh, is no one's betting on my sports line, but they might. You never know. Yeah, I, I think Giannis is is gonna be at the foul line a bit. Um, I think the the Lakers are gonna try to be smart, smart, and not send him to the line more than they need to. Uh, but I think it's a game that Giannis can prove. You know, league average uh, three point shooter. Hopefully, this game and uh, you know if he shoots eighty percent from the line uh, in this Lakers. Game, I think they win. You think Frank Vogel lets Giannis shoot threes, or you think Scouting Report says, "Hey, we're we're double teaming him out there." I I almost feel like uh, crowding I mean, out. If I'm a coach, the best strategy that I can come up with against the Bucks right now is, um, you know, just kind of let let Giannis do his thing and whatever he doesn't do well that night, make him do that. Because if if he's gonna shoot thirty five percent from three in the night, like you can't stop him, and he's just gonna drive on you all day. Uh, so you you want to let him shoot a three and hope that he just misses, you know, go to pretend or whatever. Um, yeah. I think he's unguardable. I think uh, I think the Lakers run away with this game. Um, I think they win by double digits. I give them ten or fifteen points. 
Uh, I know I'm taking a gamble even throwing mm-hmm. out the points, but hey, somebody might be bet- <laughs> betting on my sports line tonight. Las Vegas Sportsbook. Um, yeah, you, you know, uh, Angel Valley Sportsbook, yeah. you know. Uh, but I think uh, I think that if I'm looking for one strategy is stop Giannis, uh, that strategy is Anthony Davis, you know. Yeah. If I had a strategy, that's it. So I think, I it's think AD, AD with... A, a combo of AD and LeBron. Yeah, I mean, everyone's pretty much already given AD Defensive Player of the Year just because they know he wants it, which yeah. is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think that I think AD is going to go after him hard. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I think this is the potentially best finals matchup that we can get. Um, as much as I want to see the the Miami Heat in the finals, uh, just falling in love with them this year. The Celtics have a good team. You know, a couple other teams can sneak in. I don't think anybody's being the Bucks in seven. I don't think anybody's being the Lakers in seven. And I, I, I think it's that, the best uh, finals matchup that we can hope for right now. I heard Bill Buss was thinking it was going to be Heat and Lakers. Yeah. And yeah. If, if someday he's going to be on this podcast. Yeah, someday. And maybe we'll, Shout uh, out we'll to get your recovery, it. Bill. Yeah, straight from, straight from Bill's mouth you know, on this one. Yeah, yeah, we'll but, see. I heard you know, Bill's like, waiting for game six. You know, it's time that the Lakers really beat the Bucks. When they got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from, <laughs> that was a big one. Like the Bucks were winners, and yeah. then the Lakers were like, yeah. "Hey, let us have that guy." And now people don't even remember that he played for the Bucks. Like a lot of people just think of him. I mean, they do, but they think yeah. of him in the only, purple only and gold. Real Butlers, yeah. Eh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. The, the Bucks. So we we got we got past we got past uh, the trade deadline or the beginning of the trade season, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's a lot of talks. Yep. Um, one of the first things I saw was was obviously a big one for you was Kevin Love, you know, uh, Portland, yep. that connection, which some people are saying that's real talk. Some people are saying, well, it's just yep. a conjecture that's never ends. I, I think um, it's real. I think uh, the Kevin Love to Portland situation uh, is hyped up more than it, it probably needs to be. I think Portland's a little hesitant because it, it locks them up financially. Um, where if you don't if you don't win, you know it's a it's a major. Well, I, I I don't want you to speak too much on this yet, though. I want I want to get the opinion from you later. Okay. You okay. know, I just I want to give the listeners just a brief yeah. rundown here on on what's out there. So there is this Kevin Love talk that 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 Dalton, all the way from Portland to the Midwest, has some hot takes on to his favorite team. Yeah. You know, we've already talked about my favorite team, the Lakers, who are going to win a lot on Thursday. Um, but. You know, uh, there there's other there's other trade rumors. You said that Drew Holiday is, Drew Holiday is on the block just, just announced um, today, which I guess JJ Redick should go ahead and kick, kick I, you know, kiss his uh, playoff berth goodbye. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. it's already uh, over. Well, it's, it's been gone since he uh, ended yeah. up in New Orleans. Yeah, he's gonna have to get a trade. He said that he's never missed the playoffs, and uh, I think he's going to, yeah. especially if they go let Holiday Holiday go. Um, mm-hmm. So. And I, th- I think having Drew Holiday there really, really is great. Like, he's obviously a great vet. Uh, he's a great defensive player. But, like, you want to see Holiday go to a team that's contending because yeah. we've never got to see him in the playoffs the way we wanted to, yeah. you know, in, in a good deep run. But it also gives a chance to see if Lonzo Ball is really Lonzo Ball. Like, you know, if he takes the yeah, reins, it looks like he has good you shot. know, it, is, it, is the team going to be a better team? You know, when you get Zion out there and you have Lonzo's passing, is that team going to start to come together? And then you also have uh, out there with the, with the trade rumors. There's the talk that you know, obviously Oklahoma City people think they're selling 
But then, like, now they're a playoff team, and they seem like they could stay a playoff team. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, do they do they sell so that they don't be a playoff team, so they get more draft picks? Do they get rid of Gallinari? Mm-hmm. Does anybody even want Steven Adams' huge contract? Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of talk saying that nobody wants Chris Paul's contract. And I thought, man, it's pretty interesting nobody wants Chris Paul's contract. And the day that, that news breaks that no one's interested at all, he pulls off this insane comeback against the Bulls, hits like five straight threes, and looks like a certified baller. I also noticed his turnover rate is as good as ever. It's it's two or less. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, he's it's he's legitimately Paul, so still it's Chris Paul. We, so we it's expect. like uh, it, I think the market's cold on him, though. I don't expect him to. But you to know, when the market goes cold, they think about the whole Carmelo yeah. situation. They 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 kick the guy out of the league basically, and then he comes in and he's he's been good for the Blazers. The Blazers yeah. actually started winning some games after yeah. Carmelo got there. And then you take Chris Paul and they go, oh, he's not good anymore. And and I, I, I hate Chris Paul. He's a tattletale. He got a technical foul on somebody for not tucking their shirt in. You know, like he, like he, he literally got, he got mellow attack. Yeah, he got mellow attack. Pointed bullets. pointed at him. Like told the referee, like little like the most tattletale little privileged kid of all time. Like you know, in school, you take him in the locker room, beat the garbage out of him. Like what are you doing, man? Like you're bogus. And and all all I can do is just go back and watch Rondo punch him in the face over and over again on. On YouTube, which I don't know how many hours I would spend doing that, but let me tell you, it's already been a ton of hours. If you're sitting at home with a broken leg, got nothing to do, maybe you were out snowboarding, you should just go watch Rondo punch Chris Paul over and over again. Do you think uh, he knows who these two people are? He thinks they're, he knows They're not who... Crash Bandicoot characters. Oh, <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. Who? There's only Crash in the mask, yeah. right? They don't know the other characters. There's some bad guys. Yeah, there's like a lot of crazy animals and stuff. He's out in the jungle or like Australia yeah. or something. Yeah, Spyro's one of them. I don't think he's in that game, is he? No. Same company? No. Uh, PlayStation. We don't know. We don't know anything uh, about the gaming companies, but yeah. we do play. Yeah, some this games. isn't a gaming podcast. No, this is not. This is NBA gaming. Yeah, NBA which gaming. is the original gaming, like yeah, and gambling, yeah. gaming and gambling. That's what this <laughs> podcast is about. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on with the trade rumors. Um, it's, it's, it's just been a pretty crazy, crazy week in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Even last night, the heat losing to the Grizzlies was, was a crazy yeah. loss. Didn't see that coming. Uh, the Rockets were down to the Spurs and pulled off a huge comeback. Uh, Westbrook looked really efficient through the first half and then real bad in the second half. Harden looked like trash. Um, but he did, he did score a lot of points in the third and, and brought him back in the game. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows how to guard that guy? I heard nobody knows how to guard him. Yeah, you know. It's uh, it's a it's, it's a little crazy right now. You know. It's you know. It, he's impossible to guard. Same way how Giannis is pretty much impossible to guard. You got to pick your poison with him now. Uh, you know, James Harden is the same way, and you you have to respect this game. I think a lot of guys. Um. You know, they try to double team him, but he can hit that step back. Um. You know, effortlessly at this point. It's, it's part of his game. I think. Um, he's not as much foul hunting now, but I think a lot of guys are fouling him because they don't know how to guard him. You know, if you let him drive and uh, get the layup or you have to foul him, you know, hurt your team that way, you know, he puts up 11 free throws. Um, so, you know, it, it is what it is with James Harden. 1,100 free throws. <laughs> You know, yeah, I heard I, mean, I heard that you had uh you've you've had some complaints. I've heard you've had some people, you know, hating on uh yeah. podcasts. Yeah. There's actually a review that, that says, you know, a lot of hardened trash talk, a lot yeah. of rockets yeah, trash yeah. talk. We've, we've heard some feedback. Um, um yeah. You know, 
towards the James Harden lovers of the world. And, and I get it, you know, he's having a good and insane year, uh, you know, points-wise and things like that. Is he scoring points? Yeah, yeah, I, I heard he scored some points. I heard that, too. Uh, it's just, you know, me personally. What's their record? What's their me, record? They got record eight right losses, now, nine eight, losses? 18 and nine, 18 and nine. Oh, and it should, be, it should be 19 and eight because that dunk went through. Yeah. And they lost in overtime. Seven minutes left. Yeah, nothing else happened in the game that, that yeah. affected it. Um, you know, shout out to James Harden for, for scoring. And I, I do enjoy watching ISO ball. I, you know, but call me old school. I just, I liked when Michael and, and Kobe did it. I liked when T-Mac did it. I liked when Allen Iverson did it. And uh, James Harden has his own version. You know, maybe it'll win some regular season games. Uh, they'll never top that that record that they had a couple of years ago what was it like 66 wins or whatever. I don't think they're ever going to win a championship with him, but, uh, you know, good, good for him. Those, those 50 points. I'm sure he'll be ring chasing when he's about 36, <laughs> yeah, 37 with, years he'll old. Be, he'll be with Chris Paul. Uh, look, trying to, trying to win a big three championship. Look, I, I don't have, I don't have any friends, you know? So I, I don't really care, you know, in this business, you can't make friends, you know, you can't, you can't have friends out there. I thought a lot about some of the stuff I've said about James Harden. I've thought a lot about the Rockets. And, you know, I've really lightened my stance because I'm such a big Westbrook fan. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I actually think the Rockets kind of made Westbrook boring. And he went from being this mad dog who was putting a team on his back. And, like, the the biggest thing in a, in a city, everybody just loved him. He's he Superman in that yeah. city. And, you know, he goes to the Rockets and he's just part of this D'Antoni machine. <laughs> That I just I don't want to I don't want to see I don't want to watch. Yeah. How do you make the most exciting player in basketball boring? Put him on a team with a guy who dribbles nonstop all day and then only shoots step backs or layups and free throws. And, and I thought about it. I thought, man, do I really hate it though? I mean, he is a good shooter. He is he is hitting an efficient clip. He is scoring a lot of points. And his defense isn't as bad as it was, you know. Yeah, it's respectable you know, four for, years ago. Yeah, it, it's not good. But it's not as bad. Like, like it's kind of like it's kind of like if I say, you know, um, I'm gonna punch this guy in the face. I'm not gonna punch him hard, so it's not gonna be that bad. Like, it's just a light punch to the I mean, face. It's, it's like, it's kind of like, like we have good defensive point guards in the league. Yeah, like, well, we, we have, have a bunch us, of good defensive have, wings like, Drew, and nothing guards. But yeah. like for a guard, James Harden is about as good as like average. Yeah. So not for, not bad. So not like, bad is yeah. also the same as not good. No, that's the thing. <laughs> And, and and I thought about it a lot, and I, I grew up in an era, you know, we talk a lot about nostalgia on this podcast lately, and uh, and I, I used to play Tekken a lot. Are you familiar oh, with yeah, Tekken? Yeah. I know I'm a Tekken little older five. than you. I'm, I'm like two I'm years Tekken older five, than you. Man. Oh, so I was playing Tekken Tag, which was just a couple couple of versions before that yeah, one. Yeah, the arcade one. <laughs> and yeah, I would play Tekken Tag, and, and as, a, as a teenager, I was legend. You know, like, I could, I could really beat you in Tekken Tag, like, all day. And I'd go to the arcade, and people would put their quarters up. And they would just one after the other lose, and they would get back in line to to fight me at the arcade and Tekken, right? So I was good. And there would always be, like, one person, like, if I was playing at home, there would always be, like, one person that would find one player, and they would button jam one move. And they might beat me every once in a while. They'd kick me in the shin over and over again, and and that just, like, nonstop, Uh like, like shin kick. You could do it in street fight. You could do it in any fighting game. Really, any competitive one-on-one game, there's, like, a move... That's pretty much the button masher move. And they can just keep doing that. Yeah. And they win sometimes. I've seen guys at the arcade win that that way. Uh-huh. But then I've seen times where, like, 
if they win against somebody good, like maybe somebody was winning a lot, and then I would come in and I would block that and kind of play it a little bit, have to try hard and, uh-huh. and come in with good timing. But then I would just destroy them and be like, why'd you use a stupid move? Why don't you go learn how to actually play this game? And I feel like that's what happens with James Harden. Yeah, he's got a couple sick moves. He can, you know, a lot of people shoot a step back. I've seen a lot of NBA players shoot a really great step back. Luca. But one guy, he just does it over and over and over again. When he does it, he throws his feet out. He throws his arms up like he got fouled every time. And that guy is using the same move over and over again. And that doesn't work when in playoffs come and you play guys like Kevin Durant, guys like Steph Curry, guys like LeBron James. The, Guys that yeah. actually know how to play basketball, play it right from A to Z, you know, that's a different game. And that's why James Harden is a loser. Yeah. And that's why I'm not going to stop talking trash about him on this podcast. <laughs> so if you're still listening, it's never going to stop. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think my thing with James Harden is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give it to him. He's a generational talent uh, scoring buckets. You know, he's a bucket getter. That's, that's what he does. Um, but he's not as dynamic as uh, all my favorite players, um, in my opinion. Which um, is a nice way of saying yeah. he's boring. What I, you're I, saying is he's boring. When when I see a, a solid lineup happening on a, you know Thursday night basketball or something, the Rockets game is probably not my first pick, um, unless they're facing somebody that I want to watch. You know, if they're facing the Mavs or they're facing... Or if Harden's not playing and you know it's going to be a Westbrook show, then you're like, oh, it's going to be a bunch of dunks and also, crazy passes. Also, uh, I'm not a big fan of Clint Capella. I never really liked yeah. him that much. You don't like him because of his hair. <laughs> no. You don't like that little blonde streak he puts in No, there. I just I just really don't like him. Out of all, out of, all of the centers in the league... You're too fashionable for basketball. My favorite is uh, Steven Adams. Steven Adams I love is the Steven best. Adams. Did you watch his after-game interview... Uh, um, about the free throws. I caught like a real quick yeah. clip of it. Um, yeah, he he is hilarious. Yeah, I, I love Stephen Adams. I love Rudy Gobert. You know, you, you have to have respect to him. I love Andre Drummond. You know, the the fact that Andre Drummond he can get buckets down low, but uh, nobody's gonna out rebound Andre Drummond, and that's what I respect about. Is him. this for you? Is this podcast a hate on Clint Capella podcast? Because I I thought it was I, a hate on James Harden. Podcast. I actually I think that sometimes. Uh, a lot of my hate towards the Rockets and James Harden is uh, going through a filter of Clint Capella. Really? See, I've never met a Clint that I didn't like. Like, every time I've ever met a guy named I don't Clint. I've met a Clint that I do well, like. I, I, I actually, can think of a couple nice Clint. Shout out to Clint, yeah. runs Carters. Shout out to Carters. Oh, okay, see. Yeah. So uh, I used to have a friend in, at church when I was young named Clint, and me uh-huh. and him were really good buddies. Uh, big fan of Clint. Um, <laughs> I mean, there was a Clint that used to come into the coffee house in, uh, in Lincoln, and uh, he was a really nice guy. Uh, um, there, there's really a lot of yeah. a lot of good Clint's out there. So I, I hate to just, you know, put Clint Capella down, but yeah, you know, I guess I, I feel you. I mean, he is on the Rockets. He does play for a D'Antoni team. Yeah, I think we should just forget about him. The Rockets had one yeah. good center. Oh, wait, they've had two, uh, Yao Ming and Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah, Two, but players. that's the only two uh, and they, centers. The Rockets used to be dope. They used to have T Mac. So uh, T Mac, T Mac was cooler in Orlando. Besides Hakeem, T Mac was cooler in Orlando. Yeah, but like, I mean, if barring injuries, barring his career having a little longevity, like he would have been. Let's let's talk about Orlando. Let's talk about Orlando. Man. They're on the edge of the playoffs. They're yeah. they're they're in the playoffs right now. If, Orlando's if about to do today. it again 
where they sneak into the playoffs with a losing record. And uh, So a loser team with a losing record plays in the playoffs. But I want but them to be better. people are saying they're selling Aaron Gordon. People are saying, hey, they might they might trade Aaron Gordon. That's, they might trade Fournier, who's on an expiring contract, yeah. I think. That, that's and is putting rumor, up a great season. Yeah, that Aaron Gordon rumor for the last year or two. Um, I, I'm interested in that. You know, I think there's what's, some What's Aaron Gordon's ceiling, you think? Dunk champion. SpaceX? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, playing the bad guy in Uncle Drew. Um. <laughs> yeah, so... So Aaron yeah. Gordon, Aaron Gordon's ceiling isn't very high. I, I like Aaron Gordon. You know, I'm, I'm looking at his stats right now. Average PER, you know, 14.6. Four, about 14 points a game. Only about seven rebounds, 2.9 assists. I think he can be as good as Blake Griffin. You know, maybe maybe not Blake Griffin now because Blake Griffin's really dynamic. I think he's really all around. But I think Aaron, Aaron Gordon is kind of that same type of player where I think Blake Griffin, uh, you know, might be the best player on a championship team such as, uh, you know, the Pistons in 04 where nobody's really, like, the best oh, player. Oh, he definitely the couldn't be the best player on that team. That's well, not, his ceiling? not on that team. No, no. What, but what I'm saying oh, is like so how that's his, that's Blake Griffin's the type of guy where um he he would be the second best player with a lot of the the all NBA um players like right now if he's on a team with them. But Blake Griffin could probably win a championship as the best player with like four other really solid guys. And I think Aaron Gordon's uh, that type of guy as well. I don't think Aaron Gordon's going to be a top 10 player in the league, um, but I think he can be, you know, put up a top 25 season, you know, I don't have know. A, a, a really solid career if he switches to a team that really uh, helps put it in with him. I don't know if I'm just really in a mood tonight, you know, because <laughs> that could be that could be the case. But, you know, I was thinking about Aaron Gordon, and I was thinking about Zach Levine, and I was thinking about Dennis Smith Jr., mm. and I was thinking about Derek Jones. Is that is that the other dude? He's a great uh-huh. dunker down there in Miami. And I was thinking, man, uh, when do we get to the uh, point Diallo. where, like, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, Diallo, yeah. When do we get to the point where all the good dunkers were, like, really a bunch of subpar basketball players who sort of made Zach it Levine's in the league? And I knew you were going to say that, but Zach Levine, Zach Levine's put up some great offensive numbers. He's still a defensive, like, like – He's, he's he's terrible at defense. Let's just be. He's a let's little be better at defense. He's really bad at defense. He doesn't know where he's supposed to be. He doesn't get to the spots he's supposed to be he's in. A good and he has huge lapses. And if you were in a close game, you will lose if Zach Levine's you depend on. And Chris Paul cleaned their clock last night, and he's old and plays for Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's like Zach Levine. What I mean is like. Remember when Kobe Bryant won the slam dunk contest and you were like, dude, Kobe Bryant's the greatest. Yeah. He's going to be the greatest because he's yeah. like a rookie. And you go back to Vince Carter. Vince Carter wins and he's the greatest. Michael Jordan goes against uh, Dominic Wilkins and he, and he wins. We're talking legends of basketball. Like We're talking Michael Jordan's the best player in the league and he's in the dunk contest. Mm-hmm. And now the dunk contest is Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine's, Diallo, guys like that. Yeah, Dennis but, Smith but Jr. Fair, barely plays. But to be fair, when when these guys did the dunk contest, we thought Zach Levine's up next. We thought Aaron Gordon's up next. We thought no, Dennis we only, Smith Jr. We only think that because, because 
they are so good at dunking, and we see the highlight no, but, play, but and we're hyped about like them. Their, their rookie season, their sophomore season, their third season. I didn't think league. Zach Levine was going to ever be good at defense. Oh, my goodness. First time I saw him, I was like, he can't play defense. First time I saw you, I said, Dalton Zon plays defense. <laughs> see, that's the thing. You can know everything about a man right there at that moment. Yeah, uh, Donovan Mitchell did did do good, and he's he's maybe he's a top uh, twenty five. He's, he's great. I mean, uh, it, it would just I, be great to see top twenty five players. Like George was in dunk. the dunk contest, but yeah, that was. was the year that the dunk contest was wild. Yeah, the dunk it was like team John contest. Wall was in yeah. that year, and he won. Um, yeah, that that was messed up. I think the Knicks should trade for Aaron Gordon um, only to sell out seats. Like if like trade screw, trade Bobby Portis, Julius Randle, and Morris yeah, for screw their lineup. Yeah. Throw in Dennis Smith. Throw in Aaron Gordon and then like get one more like exciting player like Lob City. You know who cares? Who cares? Yeah. You're you're losing every game anyway. Trying what to I want is for James Dolan to get ousted and for Elon Musk to take over the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody, if anybody is listening in New York right now, I hope that you just yeah. rolled over and died just what thinking if, about what I just said. What if like, Elon Gary- Musk takes over the Knicks? He changes everything. He makes Madison Square Garden uh, out of out of. He puts stainless steel up, makes Madison the whole Square thing Garden indestructible. Looks like an Apple store. Yeah, he turns it into the Apple yeah, Store. Like he doesn't that. let anybody from from other towns even come there. I'm down for that. I think uh, <laughs> he I starts putting in a hyperloop. A fun person to run the Knicks. Gary V should be on the board for Elon Musk at the new Knicks. We should create a new New York Knicks where Elon Musk runs the Knicks and Gary V is the president. I like and that. and the whole thing is just ran that way. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. watch the Knicks play basketball just out of that, like without even yeah. knowing who plays on the team. Yeah, I I mean I'm down for that. And I don't know who plays on the team now. <laughs> yeah, nobody. nobody. Um, they, they should bring back Jeremy Lin. I I think at this point it's it's the same reason why I think that um, you know NFL teams shouldn't have given up on Tim Tebow or Jimmy so like. Who cares? You're just gonna sell jerseys and uh, sell out tickets. Like, I I would watch the Knicks every night if they had Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, and Dennis Smith just lobbing it up to each other, dunking. And like, you know, it's the greatest show on on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I would I would watch Aaron Gordon dunk all day and Zach Levine. Yeah, Derek Jones, Derek Jones can only get up there. I watch those guys dunk all day. The fact that you said Tim Tebow, if if Adam listens to this. If if preacher Adam listens to this, the fact that you even said his name will make him so mad. I don't know what it is, but I used to every once in a while at the coffee shop, I would I would I would just trigger him mm. just by saying Tim Tebow out loud. He would just like he would just fall apart. It was yeah. weird. It was like it was like tissue paper in the rain. It was just like the whole thing was over. Like it was like I just burned down the jungle. And all I'd go is go, oh, well, what's really wrong with Tim Tebow, you know? It's like one of those things that like you used to say about, you know, like, before he was president. <laughs> like, when he was running, you go, what's really wrong with <laughs> And then after he won, you were like, oh, well, Gosh. let's not ever <laughs> say those things out loud. Yeah, yeah that, that joke did yeah, not age well. Out. But <laughs> yeah, we should. Uh, so, actually, I just did. Yeah, I just did bleep that out. So, um, I think I think it's an interesting thing to bring up. And, and speaking of Adam, you know... Um, the other day, I saw that he was pretty upset. Um, in in the world of baseball, uh-huh. Garrett Cole got a huge contract to play for my New York Yankees. Yeah, I own him. Me and Elon Musk, we actually own the Yankees. But um, he got like three hundred twenty five million, Insane. which is 
a lot of money. It's really spread out. It's not like he gets that all up front or anything. You know, it's spread out over I mean, nine or ten years. You know. Yeah, do me too. Um, I don't know, like nine or ten if, lives. If you know? yeah, if you really want to talk about overpaid, uh, go ahead and check out Chris Paul again. Uh, he's getting like fifty million next year. Uh, so um, you want to get to the albatross, but there was like in in the thread of where he had said something about this guy getting paid just to throw a ball. There was some some really salty Cubs fans, and they the Cubs fans always get into a little argument here in the Midwest, not in Portland where we're from, but in the Midwest where we record. Um, the Cubs fans like to get in arguments about money and players and things, uh -huh. and it made me remember that there was this thing I wanted to talk to you about about how teams that lose just always need to lose, and teams that win just always need to win. Yes. And that when it gets out of line, everything uh -huh. gets messed up in the balance of of yeah. fandom, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and and with us, with Cubs fans, you know, the Cubs won. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is is after they won, and people don't know this, but I got together all the people I knew, like every every tribe, every tongue, every nation. I got together the Christian folks. I know the Pentecostals. I I got together witches. I got together all <laughs> kinds of groups. And we restored the curse. So a hundred years before it happens again, it happened once. It was great in a hundred years. Yep. It will be just as great again. Now somebody else will get to wait their whole life, maybe yep. another life, just to get there. Yep. And so like losing teams need to lose. And um, I saw them saying, "Oh, Chris Bryant's not worth that much mm -hmm. money," and people saying stuff like that. And I thought, man, how many years did I go? Man, the Cubs are so rich. But they never spend the money. If they spent the money, they're sold out. The stadium's sold out. Mm -hmm. They're making tons of money. They're selling yeah. jerseys. If they would just spend I, the money on their players I and think... keep them in house, like Greg Maddox, a guy yeah. who left, you know, uh, actually the list of Cubs players who went somewhere yeah. else and won a championship is so long. If they were willing to spend the money, they'd have had the championship. The, the thing with the the Cubs, and I, I firmly believe this. Um, so, you know, shout out to any Cub haters. I think that it was such an instinctual, like, part of their, like, nature, like, such an integral part to lose year after year. It's like, fans didn't know what to do when they were good. Yeah, like, when they, they won, they, they didn't loved, know how to live. They loved to be the losers, and they loved to complain about being the losers. And I think, uh, you know, you have some fans like that. But then they became the losers who were entitled to win somehow. And then their complaining Ooh. just morphed into like a new thing. Yeah, it's it's definitely not pretty. It's definitely not something you want to see. If you don't live in the Midwest, be thankful <laughs> that you don't have to see that on a regular basis. Um, and another thing here is is to me the way the Cubs did win was was running the same thing that the Seventy Sixers were running to trust the process. And there was <laughs> probably five years where you didn't know the name of anybody that played on the Seventy Sixers. You know, like you could have, like your cousin could have played there. He could have just signed up, and they'd be like, "Oh, you you yeah. shoot? Well, let, let's get you out there." Yeah. You know, and the I'm, Cubs ran that obviously to perfection. Mm -hmm. Got this great farm system. Got these great players. Win the championship. The Sixers did that and became contenders, mm -hmm. and now have signed all their guys to five year deals and are going to be contenders for the next five years. Yep. And if that doesn't result in a, in a championship it's not a failure because literally their team is 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 creating great business they're yeah. creating new fans they're 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 expanding their market and a lot of people were 76ers fans where five years ago they yeah. weren't and we don't live near philadelphia yeah. so running the 76ers fans should be weird 
Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's why I believe in the the Trailblazers. I don't care if it takes thirty years to win a championship. I think they're, they, you know, even if the Spurs didn't win five championships over twenty years, the fact that you can put together consistent fifty win seasons is like in, that's insane. amazing. It's an, it's yeah. incredible. I think there's something to be said, especially in small market teams and sports. Um, you know, you don't have the appeal of being in L.A. or New York or Chicago. Um, you don't even have the appeal of other small markets like Miami. Like, who wants to go live in Memphis over or Oklahoma City or New Orleans? Well, you know, like those types of things. I want to live in all those places. Yeah, I mean, all those places I, I'm sure are great. So if anybody regards. in any of those teams is hiring a great fanalist, <laughs> like, I'm totally available. Like Milwaukee, like you just you just don't have the same lifestyle that you do in New York or, or in Brooklyn or whatever. Um, so I think in small markets, the goal, in my opinion, should always be forefront, putting together consistent winning seasons. Um, you know, whether that results in a championship, you know, whatever. Because the championship has so many other aspects to it. You know, the cards have to fall in and so oh, yeah, many there's ways a lot of luck to win a championship. Um, that if that's your only goal, you you bust after a couple of seasons of not winning. You break it all up, and then you start all over. But if you ain't willing to pay the money to win, you're not going to always win. I mean, you look at a team like New England that stayed on top. They paid the money to stay on top. And they go out there, and they'll pay money and trade and get who they need Mm -hmm. to contend. Or you go to to the, the Warriors over this decade. And they were willing to put the money out. They'll sign everybody to a max extension. They'll Words build a stadium and and have the possibility of being two hundred million into the tax or something. Yeah. Four hundred million in the tax. And you're like, that's crazy. They're like, no, we fill our stadium. There's a yeah. forty thousand person we're waiting list for season tickets. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if you build something great, then people will, will come out and they'll be like, uh-huh. This is great. And you'll you'll get that there. But Chicago, man. You go back to the Cubs, the reason that they haven't had to be great is because they could sell out and lose. And that gave their ownership the ability to not be great yeah. and still yeah, get the yeah, money. Exactly. And that's the thing. As a business, that's, and that, that's that the problem. And that only happens in a, you know? in a large market. And yeah, it, well. it kind of happens by luck. You know, yeah. like the Cubs kind of happen by luck. I mean, it could have been the witches and stuff, but it might not have been. Well, okay, so we've talked, we've talked a lot about basketball. But, I mean, we, we did miss a few days. So, I mean, it's like... You're just getting a little extra. We're not, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to hold back on the people that, that want to hear us talk about basketball. But, you know, I, I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about stocks with you. So a fundamental part of, of our friendship, you know, uh, from, from day one, really, um, which is like better than probably every friendship I have um, that was meant to offend. The, I, I don't have any friends, though. Do you hear me come after James Harden? So a fundamental part of our friendship is... Uh, is stocks, you know. Uh, I started trading stocks. I hadn't been trading them for really very long. I hadn't been trading stocks for very long. And uh, and then, you know, we started working together and you were trading stocks. And we were having a lot of fun trading stocks, you know. And so, you know, a lot of times we hang out. We'll talk about different stocks that are doing really good. Um, if If your stock's not doing very good right now then you didn't do a very good job buying stocks because all the stocks are doing yeah. really good right now. The uh, stock true. market That's is true. is wide open uh, and just cranking out money. But um, earlier this year, uh, my older son, um, my oldest son, Daniel, we, uh, we picked out some stocks together 
and we build them a portfolio online on Motif, uh, which is you know an investing platform where you could buy fractional shares, put them all into one, basically one folder. You can pick up to 30 stocks and um, there's like a minimum buy-in, but you can weight it however you want and then own fractions of these shares. And um, they charge you like a $10 trading fee to buy the full Motif. And then if you sell it, they'll charge you $10 again, unless it's like a professional, like their creative mm-hmm. motive, which takes all the fun out of yeah. even making a portfolio. So, um, so we did that, we built it. We, we, you know, I had him kind of go over brands that he used, you mm-hmm. know, things he liked. Um, for example, like he loves Chevy, uh, he loves Chevy trucks. Uh, he's, he's a big Chevrolet guy. Uh, his, his, uh, well, I can't, I, I don't want to say his PlayStation ID, but it's a misspelling of Chevy truck. Um, but he, uh, he's a big, he's a big Chevy guy. He, he likes Apple products. Of course, who doesn't, um, Nike products. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's a teenager. Um, so, you know, he got, he got a lot of those stocks and, uh, and then of course a lot of it's on index. Uh, but as I've been watching it kind of go up and I've been keeping an eye on it because as, as the stock market goes up, so does my nerves. Like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, this whole thing's going to come crashing down. So I keep an eye on it and I think, okay, at some point here we're going to sell and we're going we're gonna to go to something even more safe mm-hmm. uh, just to be safe if it goes down because yeah. it's his savings. And um, I noticed that, that, it should, that the portfolio should have been worth more than it was. And I realized that Motif was charging us a $10 fee every three months if we didn't have over $10,000 in the account. And I thought about just the idea of this company that's like, okay, we want you to be able to invest in yeah. portfolios and yeah. skip the, the hedge fund manager, skip you know, the, the financial advisor and do this yourself. Mm-hmm. Build, build your own portfolio, be your own investor, and we've made it accessible but then the charge you a fee and that fee, if you, you know, if you go into the list of fees, it's not a top fee. It's, it's in the next line where yeah. there's service charges and little things. And it says, Oh, the, this fee for, yeah. um, it, it, I think he called it the platform fee. Uh, and so I emailed him and I was like, wow, you know, I, I just noticed this. Um, I'm definitely going to take, take the money out of this account mm-hmm. at the end of the month. Um, and I said, it's, it's not, it's not worth it. I said, and if, if I have to have $10,000 in this account, then it's almost like I already have to be wealthy to get wealthy, which isn't what you advertised. You yeah. Know? yeah. And they let me know that the fee was there as the platform fee the whole time. And I said, yeah, I found it after I scrolled down. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, that really wasn't the answer I was looking for. I said, and then I basically said, there's so many places to invest, so many new apps and new ways to invest. Yeah. Why would I continue to do this one if you're going to charge me to do it? Yeah. And that same day, or maybe it was the next day, you texted me with what I think is great news. Yeah, I, I think it's great news. So we are big, big fans of the app Robinhood. We both trade on it. And, uh, they should sponsor us immediately. Yeah, but that, this is not a sponsorship. This is real talk. Not, not a sponsorship. We both really buy into it. And it's because um, stock trading is one of those things where you know stock trading isn't your retirement fund necessarily it's not um, you know your emergency fund savings it, it's nothing like that um, it, stock stock trading is risky it is uh, you know if you have extra money things like that and you're trying to build wealth it is a good way to build wealth but it also isn't the most um, safe and secure uh, 
you know, way to invest. Um, but people that need or want to get into investing, uh, you don't want to pay the $10 every three months for the cheapest platform or the $10 uh, balance fee or, or whatever, transferring things like that. And that's why we uh, really buy into Robinhood because there's no fees attached to it at all. No brokerage fees, no uh, trading fees, no minimum account balance, anything like that. It is the perfect way for anybody to get invested into stocks with however much money a stock can cost. So the, uh, the big news broke the other day that Robinhood is going to start allowing fractional shares, um, which basically means, uh, you know, let's Let's think about, um, you know, if a stock costs $100, typically you would need $100 to buy one share of that stock. Robinhood, along with, uh, you know, some other places have kind of started this model elsewhere where you can buy a fractional share, which means, you know, maybe you don't have $100 to buy this stock, but you have $10 and you really want this stock, you know, you can buy 10% or like one-tenth of a share of the stock for $10 instead of $100 so that you still get that, um, you know, part of that, you still get some of the diversification in your portfolio, but it really allows you to get started stock trading with as little as $1, um, which I think is a, a huge thing. It, it really allows the average normal person, you know, we don't have a $10,000 account balance to, you know, start off to get wealthy. It allows normal people to begin the habit of saving, begin learning about investments, begin um, on the track of diversifying their portfolio and their savings account balances with as little as $1. And uh, it's something that I'm super excited for moving forward. Well, you know what else is dope? Is that if I uh, share my unique code, we can both get a free stock and possibly even a share of Apple or Microsoft. So if you're listening to this and you and you want to get free stock, just hit me up. I'll send you my code. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. Don't don't sure. get Dalton's code. <laughs> Make sure you get my code, and we'll both get a free stock, and, which is basically us both getting free money. And the thing is that people think that <laughs> stock trading is a scam, but it's it's literally like you know it's such a uh, part of what our society is. Like you know anybody that has a pension fund or a retirement account or anything like that, that like that is stock trading. It's just that those are uh, managed by brokers. Those are managed by professionals that analyze the markets and things of that nature. And they diversify it, uh, you know, set to a certain way or set to a company standards or whatever to help manage your retirement, your pension, your anything like that um, to grow. I mean, everywhere you spend your money, they're investing it in the stock market. You know, if you've got money in the bank, well, guess what? The banks are publicly traded stocks for the most part. And, you know, they're also trading stocks yeah. and obviously other other securities and everybody who's making money is trading stocks. So, like, if you want to have the mentality of like, no, it's it's a scam. Well, then you're probably just missing an opportunity and you don't want to take the time to learn. Um, but on, on average, the, the stock market has always risen. It, yeah. it dips, but it's always been a six to eight percent growth, you know, since sure. And it, it is a sketchy time to get in because it's so high that you're nervous it's going to fall, you know, but you, you buy when it's low, you sell when it's high and, you know, you, you pick your numbers. Don't buy a stock if it's not at the price you're wanting it at. If you need to wait it out, then wait it out. You know, you have to be disciplined just like with anything. Um, but, you know, the, the thing I'm, I'm excited about is I can take basically this whole, whole portfolio mm-hmm. and as soon as Robinhood opens this up, which, which you cut with Robinhood, you can, you start out on a waiting list and then after so much time, you get to use this new platform as it becomes available. Um, 
you know, when, when that opens up, I'll be able to take this money and basically invest it in that portfolio. And, and for, for, you know, somebody like him, you know, since he's, since he's my kid, I don't let him just invest like crazy. So he doesn't have like a bunch of like weird, he doesn't have any weird like penny stocks or marijuana stocks or any of that junk that's like hyped. Because I mean, literally, literally like if you, if you look at like Molly Fool or something like that, it's like hype beast for stocks. But, um, you know, like a lot of the stuff, like you can buy, you know, ETFs that are also diversified. So you can buy into the index funds mm -hmm. and, and probably 70% of his stocks are in different ETFs. And then 30% are the things that he picked out, yeah. you know? And so it's like cool that with Robinhood, I may have to do a little more math than I was doing with Motive, but I'll be able to just build that out. Yeah. And I think that that's sick. And with Robinhood, it's sick that, that you can trade cryptocurrency, that you can like the the amount of things you can trade for free on Robinhood, like it just amazes me that anybody's really not using that. Like, why would anybody pay fees just to be part of the club? Like, don't pay fees yeah. to be part of the club. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. In in Robinhood's model of uh, fee free trading has uh, basically it, it's changed the entire stock trading industry. Whereas you know normal people that don't have enough wealth to um, you know, pay the brokerage fees or things like that, or they're not investing in the retirement fund, they're looking for something else to help diversify all their investments. Robinhood having uh, no fees has forced other companies to also because it's, it's that point that you made, like, why would I trade my money here and pay you money when I can pay, when I can trade it here and make me money? Yeah. So we're both fans of Robin Hood. That's what's clear. So it's the one thing we agree on. I mean, you like the Blazers. I like the Lakers. But we both yeah. like Robin Hood. Yeah. You know. Uh, is there anything else we even agree on? Jesus. Uh, maybe mostly we agree on that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm the only Christian. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, we don't agree about college basketball and your Spartans uh, yeah. hoodie. Greatest um, team. Greatest team. Yeah, I'm not sure we really agree about anything else. I'm not really sure why we're friends. Yeah. Even though this did start with an endorsement of our friendship. Yeah, but I heard you were a Stormers guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, For the record. Uh, no, no, there's no record. There's no record. There's no record. I get all my fruit. I get all my fruit at Starbucks. If I want blueberries, if I want limes... <laughs> I go straight to Starbucks and I get some for the whole family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great place to pick up things uh, for home. So, so you know, we we kind of started getting off on a tangent about getting traded or getting started stock trading. What uh, what type of companies do you start off in, or did you start off in when you started, you know, trading? When I started trading stocks, or when you didn't know anything um, about. Well, one, I, I had I had a couple people I talked to first. I had a couple friends. Uh, one friend told me that. He always said a number, and, and, and he, he would only pick, you know, kind of bigger companies, obviously large cap companies, that he would set a number that he would buy it at, and if it didn't get down to that number, he, there was no way he would buy it. And he'd also set a number he'd sell it at so that he didn't speculate, you know, if it gets up to this, I sell it at this, I'm be mad. It's like, no, if it gets yep. this number, I sell it, and that 20 or 15 or 10% was what I was hoping for. Yeah. Um, and then I had another friend who was a way riskier investor who invested in options and he just kept telling me and telling me and telling me about options until he taught me, uh, taught me how they worked and I started investing in options, but I didn't start out investing in options cause that, that made me nervous. 
so, you know, I, I definitely went with some large cap companies. I think, um, I think one of the first companies I bought any stock in was Ford because it was so cheap mm-hmm. and it paid a high dividend. And, uh, and I still have uh, Ford stock. Um, I think that's a great stock. Um, I, I like I like companies that are too big to fail, as they say the the Warren Buffett kind of companies Lehman that Brothers. you go in and <laughs> no, not them. Uh, the, the kind that you would go in yeah, and, and yeah. you know that they're going to always pay you a dividend. Yeah, if the dividend alone is worth it, then then that was if, definitely if where if I was starting. Buying and holding and diversifying, yeah. I think uh, good dividend stocks. Now I I did rebel yeah. a little bit against against my parents and against uh, my grandparents. You know. And I started buying some Chinese stocks. And uh, when I was a kid, you know, Grandpa would always say, "Hey, don't play with that toy. They made it in China. Like it was, like it was bad now, uh, or that it had like poisons or something." In Do it. they make toys not in China? Uh, I I don't even know if they make toys that aren't made in China. But I know that I got through yeah. all of childhood without getting poisoned. <laughs> and you know, as I got older, I thought I should buy stock in those yeah. Chinese stocks because. They've been making all the toys I've liked for a long time over yeah, there. Yeah, stretch arms. Uh, the shoes I liked. and There was a lot of things being manufactured there that I was clearly using yeah. through most of my life. So, uh, yeah, I've started getting some Chinese stocks. And uh, some people have been having trade wars, but it's suddenly going good right now. And that's been good for the whole stock market. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I also am like, I'm not a... <laughs> I'm not a globalist, you know, I'm not after the man, but yeah. I definitely still think that you look at the economy in a global sense when you're trading stocks and don't look at it and just uh, don't put borders on it because um, finances don't really have borders, you know, like it's all connected. So, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of that's, um, you know, I was, I was kind of a little similar, you know, I started talking to people, learning a little bit, reading a lot of articles, um, you know, for a while I had to subscription to the Wall Street Journal, so I was, you know, reading that pretty much daily, you know, just kind of checking out the stock market on the back uh, business and finance pages and, and learning a lot there. Um, for me, the first stocks that I purchased were I looked at the things around me and I thought, what am I using? Because if I'm using it and other people are using it, then that's a good start. And then if I... Starbucks? Yeah, <laughs> and if I'm using it and other people are using it, and the company's being run well, then that that's a no-brainer to me. So uh, some of the first stocks that I bought, um, you know, Twitter. I use Twitter all the time. I was like, this, this is kind of a cool stock. It's cheaper. I like the CEO, you know, that sort of thing. Square, same way. I was just like... Because you still Square. like the CEO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I dropped, I dropped mad knowledge at the mall the other day. I, I had a couple guys walk up and we got to talk and people always ask about Square because uh-huh. I, I have Square. Yeah. And uh, and I said, you know, it's crazy because you know their CEO is also the CEO of Twitter. Yeah. And they were like, really? They they just fan. totally yeah. they totally were so impressed by yeah. that. And I went, yeah, yeah. Just dropping so, uh, facts on them today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Square was a great company. I actually got that right after the IPO, and and it jumped up a bit. Um, so that that was one that I was pretty excited for. I felt like that was a big win for me as an early uh, investor. Apple, I, I saved up a little bit, I remember, and uh, tried to get a share of Apple as soon as I could. 
I think around that time it was like if you could have bought fractional shares, you could have bought yeah, could have bought it right now. So uh, in a couple weeks, you know, I'm gonna buy some more Apple, maybe half a share. So it's really high. Uh, Yeah, I know. It makes me nervous to even think about buying it. Yeah, I mean that that's the type of thing is is I would I would look around and I'd be like Apple. I use Apple. They're a great company. They they've always been on the rise for the last forty years. Like Apple and Walmart my were my two favorite. I still love I still love Walmart. People can talk while they want, but. I've been going to Walmart my whole life. You know? I have, uh, you know, some some Ford shares because I think that dividend's great. And a lot of people don't like Ford right now because it, I don't know, people just don't believe in it. But to me, it's a it's a share that isn't going to fluctuate too drastically in one way. And I'm not trying to buy and sell sh- uh, Ford shares to flip it. I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to buy it and hold it, um, you know, for a while yeah. where I get a good good price on it. Now, yeah. hopefully, I can sell it for more, but I'm gonna rack up those dividends. Yeah, uh, while while I'm helping Denver. No, so I'm with I, you on that, and it's it's low. It's actually been it's been higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of years ago, what Ford was opening at twelve or thirteen dollars a share, and it's sitting at nine dollars. Yeah, and your stock market's down, or your stock market's up, the economy's up, people are buying stuff. You know, I think that Ford is undervalued for sure. Price of earnings on cars, on auto companies is always really attractive anyway. But, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I think, I think that's good. I think, uh, I think people need to get into stock trading. I think it's yeah, time. I, I think it's a, it's a great way. I think obviously, um, you know, you should focus on paying down your debt. Um, first, you know, you're, no, you're no, not no, mortgage no. debt. This is a baller podcast. We're not. Uh, no, don't no, don't no, pay no, down no, your debt. Leverage your debt to greatness. Leverage yeah. your debt to greatness. Um, like there, there's everybody that knows balance, that. But like, you know, I just make more money from the money you borrowed than the cost you to borrow it. Everybody knows that. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Yeah, yeah. If you take a loan out for a hundred thousand dollars, you got a hundred thousand dollars spending spree. Hundred thousand dollars spending spree. Getting me a cyber truck. Uh, so those are, those are some great trades. I think we all want to make some great trades. So who would you trade from Portland for Kevin Love? Who would I trade from Portland for Kevin you, Love? You just want That's... Cleveland to give him a bunch of uh, Ford stock yeah. and Kevin Love? You know, Love. I actually heard a rumor. So I heard uh, the Cavs are uh, asking for a first-round pick for Kevin Love. But I heard that a lot of teams are requesting a first-round pick from the Cavs to take on Kevin Love because of the contract. Um, so I'd be interested to see if that's also the situation with the with the Trailblazers because the Trailblazers, in order to make Kevin Love worth it, like they they have to figure out some crafty deal. Um, you know, who whoever is uh, in the G League for the Blazers, uh, I'll trade any of those guys for <laughs> Kevin Love for sure. <laughs> So, uh, I've heard it's tough. It's tough because I don't. I don't think in a healthy season the Blazers need Kevin Love, and that's why I'm. I'm afraid of them getting him right now. You know, I think if Rodney Hood was in, I think if Zach Collins was was healthy, I think if Nurkic was healthy, I don't think they need Kevin Love. I always the way hate. That they need him right now. I always hate the way you throw around the word need. Like this goes back to to you saying that the Blazers don't need Carmelo. Whenever we were talking about it preseason, oh, you go play and, this back and we I've played it back numerous times, but uh-huh. it's just the idea that like if you say that a player is a great player and yeah. he's and he's unequivocally like he's a great player, mm-hmm. you know if he's a top ten in his position in the league, um, or however you want to look at it, even top twenty, unless you have a player that's that much better, 
there's no way he doesn't add something to your team, right? Yeah, like, and I think, like a great, yeah. great talent should add great, a higher ceiling for yeah, a team, right? I agree. So is there really a situation where Kevin Love doesn't make the team better? Like you're telling me if Zach Collins and Rodney Hood are healthy, yeah. that Kevin Love can't I, make the Blazers I, better? That's crazy to me. I think uh, Kevin Love, you know, I think Zach Collins for Kevin Love could be an interesting piece, but they don't really need him. Um, I think the problem what? with the Blazers is they're, they're one of those teams that's weak and, and good wing players. Well, I just leave you there. They're one of those teams that's weak. <laughs> I'm not I, willing to give up CJ for Kevin Love. Here, here's the problem. Um, even though we sent both of them home, but, you know. Here's the problem, which I didn't even think about that. What a beautiful story that is. But CJ going home to watch the Cleveland Browns get destroyed week after week. <laughs> And, and Kevin Love coming home to enjoy the woods because we all know Kevin Love's truly a man of the woods. Yeah, uh, he he yeah. he's still jamming that JT out. He's like, dang, this is this is the juice. This is the sauce. You know, Kevin yeah. Love and, and JT are one of a kind. Yeah, they're the they, same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I I think that I think the thing that really loses me here is that uh, is that you just the you you really just can't like. You can't I see I can't it. Commit to anything. What what I what I do what I do like though is I think that I think that what you're trying to say I guess I guess I want to interpret what you mean by they don't need him is like you think that they they're looking for a player that's the perfect fit that will elevate them mm-hmm. to the level they want to be elevated to, mm-hmm. and you're saying that Kevin Love isn't going to elevate them enough and is not a perfect fit with the pieces they need. Because, I mean, whose spot does he take? Does he take Carmelo's yeah. spot? Carmelo's playing good. They uh, they both are probably the same on defense. Yeah. You know, like, like I, I get come that. Back eventually. But he's not going to be good until next come, year. Come back eventually. His so injured guys aren't good yeah. until next year. But, so it's that. like the, the thing is, okay, if you act like this is the Blazers team that it is right now that's playing, then then sure, I'm all for Kevin Love coming into this. But the fact is, we know that there's a time coming in a few months where Nurkic is back and Zach Collins is back. So, does Kevin Love make that team better? They have to be close to the playoffs to still be, to still, for that to be. In order for them to trade for Kevin Love, they have to think that we're going deep enough into the playoffs. We're going to the Western Conference Finals to make this contract worth it. Well, you know, here's the thing. Like, could. If they if they came in with the eighth seed and they play, we assume the Lakers or the Clippers, mm-hmm. and let's say that they had Kevin Love, and let's say they had a healthy Zach Collins and a healthy Love. Nurkic, yeah. right? Do they have a shot at knocking off a number one seed and making history? Um, I don't think they come in as an eighth seed. Uh, you know, based on how the the Thunder are the seventh seed. I okay. Think the the Blazers are the seventh. If they six. come in the seventh or eighth seed, we know they're going to be playing somebody in LA. Yeah. One of those two teams. Yeah. Are they good enough to knock them off? If they think they're good enough to knock them off, then make then they should make the run. They should go for it. I I agree. I just don't know if they are. Uh, what I really sense from you is that you don't Clippers. have a trade package for him. No, I don't. Now when Zachariapa gets in here, he's gonna put he's gonna run us down a trade package uh-huh. that really makes sense. But I know that what he's going to say is that they're going to end up with Kevin Love at the Lakers because Zach somehow always brings all the players back to the Lakers. But, you know, I want to give him a fair chance. When he comes in, I want him to say what he thinks, what he feels. But – I've got a I've got a trade package in mind that I've I've created. Okay. Um, okay. Let's my, hear it. See, I really think that we're being too simple. A lot of 
a lot of two-way trades. Like uh-huh. people are thinking Cleveland's going to trade straight up this for this thing from from uh, from Portland, and everybody wants to talk about salary matching. You know, yeah. so with salary matching, they say, oh, they're going to send Whiteside to to Cleveland with you know maybe some other maybe some other player, mm-hmm. some some bench player, and maybe a draft pick. For uh, for Kevin Love and like Tristan Thompson or something because then they still have a center mm-hmm. that can play right now until Nurkic is back, even though we all know Tristan Thompson's not actually good, but he is in a contract year I think so he's playing a little better than usual, um, and I I don't see that I don't see that I don't think that uh, I don't think that Cleveland wants that I don't think anybody really wants that, um, I also don't see C J McCollum getting traded to Cleveland for Kevin Love so in the straight up trades I don't like it. Because why would why would Cleveland want CJ McCollum? Then you're either benching yeah. Garland or you're yeah. benching Sexton, and yeah, the whole point is to make those guys good. Uh, of course, those guys don't pass, and nobody wants to play on a team with them because they just shoot and try to pretend they're good anyways when they're really not that good. Um, but I think that I think that a, a three way I think a three way yeah. trade or a four way trade is actually where this can go. I think that you send you send Kevin Love. To, to Portland, because clearly that's who wants them. Mm-hmm. And you go three-way and you put Memphis into this mix. Okay. Okay, that's so, not who I expected. So now you got Kevin Love and Ugadala going to Portland. That's a blockbuster. That's a that's, big deal. I mean, that, okay? that turns them into a top CJ top comes to Memphis, which I know nobody wants, but CJ comes to Memphis because having a, a, a mature shooting guard... Mm-hmm. To play alongside John Moran and and Jaron Jackson is is a great trade. Yep. So CJ comes to Memphis and maybe a draft pick, maybe uh-huh. a second round. Yeah. Because CJ alone is good enough for Ugadala. And out of Memphis, Brandon Clark goes to goes to Cleveland to complete the trade. And maybe Memphis yeah, maybe, maybe Memphis gives up something else too. Maybe yep. Valanchunas goes there and Tristan Thompson comes to Memphis so that they can get rid of Thompson's contract and get a, a contract friendly Valanchunas. But something like that where where Cleveland's getting somebody young and getting rid of some money and can then continue to build and hopefully get do good in the draft again because that's what they yeah. want. Memphis is close to being a contender and they just need the right pieces. Uh, yeah, so, I think they're going to venture into a Yeah, they, they have great players already. I don't think they would give up Dylan Brooks. I feel like Dylan Brooks or Brandon Clark, though, would be the only pieces they would mm-hmm. give up. Uh, obviously, Ugadala is a big one they're giving up, so they have to get something good for him. And they are clear that they want something good for him. Portland actually gains the most from getting Ugadala because now they have a defensive stopper, and that's the, one of the biggest things yep. they're missing in Portland yep. is they don't have any defense. And now I actually believe that that team – honestly, I believe if Portland could get Ugadala in any scenario, like forget Kevin mm-hmm. Love, Portland gets Ugadala in any scenario that they have a chance of knocking off a one or a two in a, in a lucky playoff series, but they'd have a chance. Yeah, I, I think that definitely um, helps them out. So, so I thought this was going a different three-way trade. Oh. And this is this is actually where I want Kevin Love. You know, obviously I, I want Kevin Love on the Timbers. I just, or on the on the Timberwolves. <laughs> you want him no, to go I, back to Minnesota? Other, other Dude, I secretly want that Timbers, too, bro. I want Garnett, Love, and Cat all on the same team. Uh, NBA Jam duo Kevin Garnett, Adam Sandler. 
uncut gems. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, I'm definitely down I'm, for that. Uh, no, I want Kevin Love on the Portland Trailblazers, obviously. But where I really want him at right now, you know, there's a lot of talk that he fits really well in Boston, and I think there's a lot of truth oh. to that. I think that would be good. But where I want Kevin Love, Miami. Bring him to South Beach. That's <laughs> the place. Imagine that team with Kevin Love. And, and this is a three-way scenario that I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, I kind of like it. And this is what, yeah. you know, I don't want CJ to leave because I love CJ. Oh, my gosh. Love CJ. You know, shout out to CJ's pub. Pull up. I'm um, from Chicago. I don't even know anything about Portland. So, three-way trade. CJ to Miami. Kevin Love to to Portland, and then Miami gives up, you know, like a Justice wins. I thought you were sending Kevin Love to Miami a second ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, hold on. How was I thinking about this? <laughs> this is CJ. <laughs> now CJ's in Miami. What's he doing there? He's starting over Kendrick Nunn or, or no, Dragic? No, they get rid of Goran Dragic. Hero? No, he's man. 33. They've got a log jam on, on ones and twos up yeah. there. Um, they don't have but, they don't have a great center because they have Kelly Olnick playing center sometimes and he's trash. They have Bam Adebayo. He's great when he's he plays great. center. He's a great power forward though, which yeah. is why you're not sure if Kevin yeah, Love I, goes there. But I think you can Kevin switch Love being the there um, yeah. would be a, a fun situation. Uh, I guess in this scenario, I didn't think about it fully. I just kind of wanted both Kevin Love and CJ in Miami. Yeah, that's the that's the so best. You want all to go there? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think I think Miami, um, um, if they were going to trade. Uh, a contract for a contract. I think that trading Goran Dragic for Drew Holiday would be a great trade. I, I uh, where they get yep. uh, a still prime, mm-hmm. def- super defensive-minded point guard, yep. shooting guard. Uh, and then Who's they can just the run... Jimmy Butler. The yeah, basically you could run Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, yep. and then Holiday and Butler, and you could kind of alternate those things out. And Winslow, yep. you, you really have a good good team. Um, I think that that would be a good one in Miami. Um, I I think that I think that that may be the only player in the board. I'm a Gallinari, but it's yeah. just really I think that that might be the only player in the board. I, I do think that Miami could use a great center, and if they could somehow take I on know. the Albatross Stephen Adams contracts, I, I think Bam can play the power forward so well that you could have you could have a great backcourt and yeah. a great frontcourt if you just had one solid center because I think their other center is Myers Leonard and they got from Leonard, Portland. Yeah. So Myers Leonard and, and Kelly, Kelly Olynyk, yeah, and neither of them are great. I don't like Kelly Olynyk, and and yeah. I think that Stephen Adams would fit really good there. I love watching Butler and Adams play together. Yeah, I think if but Kevin, Adams is expensive. If Kevin Love goes to Miami, they have to get rid of Kevin or Kelly Olynyk because uh, Kelly uh, yeah, dislocated he, his yeah, shoulder. That was a bogus move, a real no. Zaza Pachulia <laughs> move, wasn't it? It was a cheap move. It, I was it, mad about that. I was actually really mad because uh, I'm although, still here. Although at that point, you know, everybody was becoming huge Golden State fans. I was towards the beginning of the run that was when we we like didn't get a fair NBA finals like the Cavs could have won that that NBA finals if they would have had a Kevin Love or Kyrie um and the fact that Kevin Love was injured because of a dirty play that dislocated his shoulder that that just made me you know upset as a basketball mm-hmm. fan and as a sports fan um, just because you don't get to see that fair series all all trash team Chris Dunn James Harden, Kelly Olnick, Zaza Pachulia, and um, 2017 Andrew Wiggins. All trash team right there. That's yeah. it. That oh. team's straight garbage. You think uh, you think the Rockets try to try to pull out? You know, and Rockets are buyers. You, you think they try to pull out Andre or uh, Kevin Love? They they want Andre, but what do, what do they even have that anybody wants? Like 
what would Memphis want that the Rockets have? Like James Harden. You're gonna send over. <laughs> they don't want that. Uh, you're gonna send over what Eric Gordon. Nobody wants Eric Gordon anymore. Yeah. Nobody really ever wanted him, and he just kind of still fit in the D'Antoni system because he can shoot threes. Yep. Um, but he hasn't even done that well this year. You know, they'd have to give up. They'd have to give up somebody good. They'd have to give up Daniel yep. House. Or somebody that they really want, PJ Tucker, and, yep. and you, PJ Tucker is the only guy that plays defense on that team. So I, I don't yeah. see it happening. Yeah, you know, selfishly, I do want Kevin Love to stay in the East, um, just to keep a little bit of balance there. And and I don't, you know, Kevin Love is a former All Star, you know, former All NBA type player, um, and I think he's great. And I think that we have counted him out because he's played for the Cavs without a good Cavs team around him. You know, it's not the LeBron Cavs. So we, we just kind of act like he's not in the East. We act like it, it doesn't matter that he's there. Um, but Kevin Love, you know, on, on the Celtics, on the Heat, Ugh, like, man. those, those I are really, things, I really hate the idea of him playing for the Celtics. They become man. instant championship contenders, solidifying their, their stake with uh, Kevin Love's talent. I really, I really hate the idea of him playing for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only team that maybe would really up the ante if they had Kevin Love in the East, in my opinion, uh, and I think the Celtics honestly don't need him. They're they're good. I'm not oh, sure what would make them it, better. I, I think um, I think that I think that he wouldn't enjoy it there. Uh, but uh, I think the only teams that would really like become a higher seed in the playoffs or get in the playoffs would be Charlotte. The Charlotte could use Kevin Love clearly because they could use anything. And might would be able to knock out a you know a Malik Monk and a, and a mm-hmm. Nicholas Batum who they need to get you rid think, of. Uh, Kevin Love on the Wizards, you know John Walker. Ke- Kevin Love year. on the Wizards. Uh, I think Kevin Love on the Wizards or Charlotte or Orlando makes all them legitimate playoff teams this year. Like they could actually make uh, it to Kevin the second Love for round. Aaron Gordon Kevin Love for Aaron could, Gordon's could a good be trade. A, a pretty interesting. Um, it it had to be Aaron Gordon in a pick, yeah. but it would be enough that Cleveland would have upside with Aaron Gordon mm-hmm. in long term. I, I think that's an interesting. And Orlando man uh, with Vukovic and Love in the paint would be an interesting team. You got two guys shooting threes yeah. that are bigs and like the, the really Kevin be, the Kevin Love move is nice. really a uh, you know a team that thinks that they can win a championship move, which is why I think it's the See, most interesting. I think I think, trade, I think a team that's looking to maybe make a deep season. run, but wants to be able to hold on to a guy, and because because he's got a couple of years in his contract still, doesn't he? So like, mm-hmm. you, that you have to even be thinking that maybe next year they could have it. Like yeah. Charlotte with Devonte Graham playing as good as he has, Rozier being more than serviceable. Mm-hmm. Like they actually have a team that could make the playoffs and could. Could smell the second round, which they haven't done in a, in a I decade. Heard, uh, I heard Michael Jordan doesn't like to pay all stars, though. Yeah, well, maybe he doesn't want to pay Kevin to overpay Love. Terry Rozier. I don't know, um, but I think that that I think Orlando could be a real playoff contender with a, a Kevin a real Love. Fun one, though, Phoenix that, that could be fun. I, I think the Phoenix, Phoenix is a big one in that solid. conversation because they could replace Dario Saric or mm-hmm. Frank the Tank with Kevin Love. Yeah. Imagine him on the Mavs, though. Straight up KP for Kevin Love. Yeah, I don't see that. It, it I, the Mavs are, are buyers on Iguodala, though, I heard. And yeah. that would make them a contender for sure. And the, um, the Mavs have one of the best supporting casts. And, and I felt that coming into the bench. season. And, and I love them. Uh, shout so, out to Seth Curry, the greatest Curry. The greatest Curry. I, I like that. Right after right after a, a chicken curry. Man, I love chicken curry. But. You think uh, Kevin Love ended up on the Thunder, they'd... Uh, you know, they have the biggest good, contracts that nobody wants in the world. Well, I mean, you have to dump off Stephen Adams yeah. at that. Dump point, Chris but. Paul, yeah. 
this and and I want to I want to finish up this this episode, but I just still I've been trying to figure out where Chris Paul would go that would make that team legitimately better. I've been just I've been thinking about it. Hey, I actually thought earlier that when we were th- talking about Cleveland, I've been thinking man, if Chris Paul just went to Cleveland and they just told Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, to just sit down. Like, you guys suck. You don't understand how to not play selfish basketball. So we're going to go out here and get a point guard who knows how to pass. Yeah. And y'all can just sit and take notes for a year because uh, you don't listen to your coach and you're trash. Uh, I think that would be a, a baller move, what, what but be, I don't uh, think they're going to do that. What would be the, the most... The most fun Chris Paul scenario that I can think of, and I thought about this the other day. Yeah, you're going to say New Orleans? No. That's what I was going to say. Why aren't no, you going to say New God. Orleans? Trade straight up for Lonzo Andrew Holiday. No, no. See, this This is a contingent trade. Oh, man. Chris Paul, it's homecoming. Chris Paul to Minnesota, contingent on Cat being good and Andrew yeah. Wiggins being good. I think that's a solid team. Chris Paul would be good in Minnesota. I think that's, that is true. That's a really Can you believe team. people play sports in Minnesota? It's cold there. I know. I heard that's, uh, that's why they, they only play indoors up there. All right. So let's uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, we don't really have time to get Zach in, so Zach's going to have to stay in the basement. Yeah, he's, he's uh, uh, grabbing some, some fruit from Starbucks. He went, yeah, he went to Starbucks to grab some fruit because uh, we said we needed some apples here uh, for the pod because we like to eat apples when we're on the pod. But um, he he apparently just hasn't made it back or, or he said he was coming in through the basement door. I'm not sure. All I know is that he's not here, so we can't we can't talk with him today. Mm-hmm. But we really hope to talk to him soon. Um you know, this has been this has been a great podcast, and uh, we're really sorry it was a couple days late. Uh, but we hope that you're excited, and we're going to have a special preview, uh, a special bonus episode this next week to uh, to get you excited, to get you ready for the new year. And uh, in the new year, MI Baller is going to come in strong. We're going to come in hot. We're going to come in fast. Yep. We're making a lot of good trades, and uh, we're getting rid of some some yep. bad salaries. Yep, trying to dump some salaries. Yeah, we're yep. dumping some salaries, and, uh, and we're, we're using all that money that we're saving uh, to – have fractional shares of companies. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're getting fractional shares of companies. Yeah. If I could buy stock in players, Ooh. I would buy a fractional share in Kevin Love. And I would buy a fractional share in John Wall just because I know he's had a lot of fractions. <laughs> and I feel like it would be that a good idea. That, that uh, share price. Yeah. Today. And I, I want to leave I want to leave our listeners with, a, with one other piece of stock advice. Before I ever studied the stock market, the first stock I always told everybody I wanted to buy as I said, I'd like to buy stock in grass because grass grows everywhere and everybody has it and everybody needs it. And uh, and I thought that was really funny. But now that I'm older, I realize there's companies that sell grass and that you could buy stock in that and that it's not as lucrative as you think. And that a lot of people are into a different kind of grass and stock in that has really gone up and down and it's not a very safe market and you should be careful with high volatility unless you have a high risk adversity. Or a low risk adversity, which I do not. Maybe I do. I don't remember. <laughs> Anyways, this is Am I Baller. I'm Luke. I'm Dalton. We're out. All right, cool. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Am I Baller podcast. 
We were missing our trusty adversary or friend. Uh, not sure the difference. Friends are just enemies that don't have the guts to kill you, but we're really missing a, a Elijah Settles as uh, he was MIA, so there's a slight echo on this episode. Um, you know, uh, also thanks to Zach Ayapa for being willing to appear on the podcast. Uh, the thing is, is the podcast is a uh, voice-only sort of situation. It's audio-only. So his willingness to appear has uh, kind of been muted, which isn't good if you're a listener. Um, and my baller is brought to you by Baristi Boys. Uh, looking forward to launching a website in 2020, baristiboys.com, where we're going to talk all about the culture, all about sports, all about coffee, and, uh, and hopefully all about you if, if you're out there and, and you're worth talking about. And I think every single one of you are. Um, so thanks again for listening. Subscribe. We're going to have one bonus episode coming out before the end of the year. And uh, we really hope that you enjoy it and looking forward to uh, everything 2020 has in store. Thanks a lot. You're the best.